0: want you
1: to know now it's time for meter and the coach with John meter Perel and former Providence College men's basketball coach Tim Welsh call the show at 401 737-1287 Southern New England sports original 1037 W E I good morning everybody welcome to meet her in the coach on a sunny Sunday morning. I wish it was sunnier. i got to say I'm a little downcast. You know, it was an interesting week, a lot going on. Patriots showed some signs of life. Red Sox showed some signs of life, fired their GM. Uh, Providence is playing Georgetown on January 27th. BC showdown with Florida State. Things looking good for the Eagles, things not looking good for the Eagles, things looking good for the Eagles. It was a game of emotions. It was a wide range of emotions. And that's what I'm feeling today, Tim Welsh, as we sit here at seven oh one as you sip your coffee. I'm not a coffee guy, but maybe I should be this morning because I need a little pick me up. I'm a little need down a You need a lift, big guy? Yes, uh, I do.
0: Well you know, it's uh you got a Sunday night football tonight. A lot of moral victories around here. <laughs>
1: that's supposed to give me a lift. Yeah.
0: Oh, there you go. I don't know. Stay, up, stay up till midnight, watch a little football, and probably go away disappointed again.
1: It's, what yes, can you do? I guess that's where we're at at this point. You know, we're looking for maybe it is a moral victory uh, standard now. I know. that's what I felt like walking out of Chestnut Hill yesterday. And look, I know. No one expected BC to win, and you know they're prohibitive underdogs and yada yada yada. But you know, as a coach, and I mentioned this on our broadcast, it's it's in many ways easier to lose fifty five to ten than it is to lose thirty one to twenty nine.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'll say this from viewing the game from afar: the officials were horrendous. They're horrendous. They, you know, all these penalties. I mean, nobody came to the game to watch you pull the flag out of your pocket. I mean, you go looking for stuff. You can find calls on every play in in any sport—basketball, football. I mean, know your place. You're supposed to be a top-level crew. You're an ACC crew, and you go in there. That was embarrassing. That was embarrassing, and for the for the kids too. I mean, it just took the flow out of a really good football game, uh, all right to the last play. M- Meter, you know, I thought playing.
1: it was the red bandana
0: game, not the yellow flag game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's the, it was, that was so Joe. disturbing. But in other words, uh, your boys showed a lot of heart coming back. Uh, so, you know, you have a little bit of football season for, for you to look forward to. And we got a lot of football today in front of us. And then you can get into the High and Bloom stuff if you'd like. Uh, you sent me a text earlier, and I, well, my only response to the his firing is it's a year too late. You know, he just threw away a year. Like, like hiring Matt Keeping Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as your offensive coordinator. I mean, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? This guy showed no chops. I know he's a nice guy. Sure, you want him to babysit your kids, but he's not cut out for to be the general manager or the president of the Boston Red Sox, vice president of the Boston Red Sox. There's no way. And you saw that right from the beginning. They got lucky to get to the ALCS because Kyle Schwarber kind of fell fell in their lap. And then, of course, they didn't keep him. And then uh, at the pre- trading deadline, he tra- treads water all over the place. You know, he's afraid to make a deal. He's afraid to do anything. And it, it just, you know, go to Kansas City, you know, go to the Diamondbacks where no one cares, but the, not in this market. And then the, then the embarrassment of the, the attendance for the Yankee series. I think that was the final straw, but I think this should have been done a long time ago, but at least it's been done.
1: Yeah, no I can't I can't argue with that. I think look, I've been saying on the show since we started almost 2 years ago. It was it, it, it the downfall for Hein Bloom was the Mookie Betts deal. Period. And I didn't hear that enough this week and that kind of bugged me. And I know it's hard to place one trade on anybody, but that trade and I know he was directed to do it and I know it wasn't it was an ownership decision and it was but the fact was he made the deal. John Henry said, go make the trade. And and probably the directive was, I'm assuming, was go get the best deal you can make because this guy is a superstar and we need some really good talent in return. He got zero in return. And I don't want to hear Alex Verdugo. Alex Verdugo is an average player. It's it's, 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 As Lou Maloney says, it's average Al Horford. It's average Al Verdugo. That's who he is. He's just a mediocre – thank you, Joe – a mediocre outfielder a mediocre player and he got mediocre. He got less than mediocre in return. It was the worst trade in baseball history. It was horrendous and that one bugged me but like as you know to no end it still does. So it started there but that's the huge hole and he could never dig himself out ever and maybe that's why he was so hesitant to make any other deal. He was so gun shy. We've heard of course you know classic Red Sox fashion. Now you're hearing stuff after the fact. That's what they do stories are leaked, whatever. 90% of them are true about Bloom not making deals at the deadline for deals that he had on the table, including for Chris Sale. That's pathetic. And he was so gun-shy and so prospect-happy and so i got to keep my organization intact happy. Those, those were his downfalls. And And the pitch – someone tweeted this yesterday. I couldn't believe it. The number of pitchers that they went through on a major league roster – guys that you've never heard of, Tim, and you, I wouldn't expect anybody to hear of, the Matt Dermody's of the world. Uh, you know, it's just 40, I think 40 pitchers they used that were in the majors. They weren't in the minors. These guys were major league pitchers. And, and, and that list just struck me as such a failure. He couldn't, couldn't deal with the pitching staff. He did okay in the bullpen. I'll give him credit for that. Whatever uh that's not where you're in your chops as a gm couldn't deal with a major league roster uh gets way too much credit in the people don't understand that a lot of these players that are coming up are dombrowski's guys and maybe maybe these guys that time I, I love this narrative oh wait you're gonna love heim bloom in three years okay maybe i don't know who knows maybe the again the prospect thing drives me nuts too prospects are made to be traded period Prospects are renewable resources. You've heard me say that a million times. You're probably sick of it, but it's the truth. Prospects are renewable resources, especially when you're the Boston Red Sox. You've got to get out of that rut. Forget it. Move on. Bring in the next, the next GM. Must realize that. Must know that they are okay to be traded. And must really enrich your pitching. The Red Sox have had a lot of trouble in the last 15 years developing homegrown pitching. Brian Bale, Clay Buckles. Two guys that I can name off the top of my head. We're talking Clay Buckles. That's 2005. John Lester, throw him in there as well. There's three. All right? Those are three pitchers that I could think of off the top of my head that are homegrown. So that's not even just a high-bloom thing. That is a long-time issue. So that needs to be rectified as well. Yeah. Well, the
0: other thing that I'm a big believer in is you can't have it an analytics front office and a baseball manager you know you've got to have though everybody's got to be on the same page with with that you know just like <clears throat> excuse me with the celtics you've got the analytics in the front office with mike zarin and brad stevens and, and joe Mazzulla believes in it there's no doubt about it and he's they're all on the same page and that's what you have to have Uh, The same thing in New York, not that it's it's working in New York, but you do have an analytics front office and you have an analytics manager with Aaron Boone. So you've got to bring in a if you're going to keep Alex Core, you've got to bring in a baseball guy. You can't have this analytics stuff because you could see it drove him crazy. And it really I think it took away from his ability to manage at the top level that he can because he was annoyed. He's annoyed and he's being told what to do all the time. And he's been given, you know, these openers after openers, after openers. It's just, I mean, this is, I mean, he looked like he aged 15 years this season because of this and he's, he's (laughs) bad. Seriously. He, you could hear it in his voice, you know, and the struggles and understanding, wait a minute, I'm the manager of the Red Sox and we're at the trading deadline and we're two games out of the playoffs and we don't make any deals. What are we doing? what's going on here? It's like, exactly yeah, so you've got to have whoever you bring in, it's got to be somebody that's on the same page with him. and maybe it is him. Maybe he's the guy that'll run the organization. I don't know. I, don't, I I would say I would not do that, but keep him where he is, keep him where he's at his best, isn't it? Belichick says if you plug up one hole with with somebody, then you got to plug up the the hole that he left, and that sometimes you you get shoot yourself in the foot twice because you don't know if he's the right guy for that either. Because I think he still wants to be in the dugout. He still wants to be on the field. And, uh, but you got to find somebody who's in sync with him as far as baseball, not the computers.
1: No, and, and look, I think Heim was miscast. It was, I, I know why they did it, because they wanted to get to the middle of the payroll. And, then, and that, that's, what he, that's where he brought them, clearly. I mean, they might deny, deny, deny that, but that was the goal. And that's where they are right now. They're at the middle of the payroll wagon. Whether that will change this year, I'm guessing it will because that's usually their mo. They they usually you know they they read the tea leaves as you mentioned the attendance against the Yankees, the attendance against everybody for that matter. I mean, it's not just the Yankees this year. I've been at Fenway a lot, and as you've mentioned, it becomes you know fill in the blank Kansas City East. I don't care if they're playing the Royals. I don't care if they're playing the A's. I don't care who they're playing. There's a lot of opposition fans, and it's a lot of that Fenway Park, but it's been more overwhelming this year than other years. So other fans have traveled very well, and it's become a little embarrassing. If I'm the owners, I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is our home field advantage? It doesn't exist anymore. Fenway is – you know, that was a 1969 crowd the other day against the Yankees, and I know it was a day game. People were working, and it was people – it was – you know, it was a game that tough to get to because it was just uh, it was a makeup. That's fine. But you know what? That was that was shocking. That was stunning. Tickets were going for a dollar uh, on you know, on a variety of sites. That's a wake up call. So I guess Heim Bloom gave them what they wanted in one regard. They have to admit that he brought them to the middle and he brought them to that murky middle. I hope they get out of it. Uh, it's well-documented when they've won the world series, they've been a top five payroll every year. They won the world series. They were a top five payroll. Uh, I know payroll doesn't guarantee everything. See the New York Mets, but it does guarantee you more of a commitment and they have to have that commitment in the offseason, especially with pitching pitching is where well, it starts yeah.
0: and payroll, but payroll does guarantee you that there's going to be, uh, a buzz about your team. You know, the people are going to want to come. People are going to want to talk about you. People right. are going to be excited. Uh, and and that was never there even from the get-go this year. I mean, you and I were trying to scrape scrape out hope early in the year with some, with some of our guests, with Sean McAdam and company. And, you know, it's just there's nothing really, you know, when you're talking about, you know, Justin Turner as your lead guy, then you're in trouble. Right. You know, so, and, you know, the pitching part – you know, rely, Chris Sale, Chris Sale, Chris Sale, please. You know, and then, you know, they let Bogarts go and Trevor Story. I mean, he, he's not, he's not the answer. He's just not, He can't hit, Uh he hit in Colorado, but he's, he's, he's not the answer either. So, you know, year after year, you've let superstar players leave, including Schwarber, who I put on the list as well. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. And, uh, and then got basically nothing back. And that this is where you are. This is where you are. This is how you slowly dig a hole, and now you're in it, and it's going to be tough to climb out of it because I don't know if they're going to have that commitment. I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to start spending now? I doubt it.
1: I think they might. This is going to be an isolated case where they go after an Aaron Nola or a, or a, you know a Blake Snell or a guy that's on the top of that pitching list. They probably overspend for him, which is fine in my book because. You know, you, you, again, you need that anchor. They have no pitching. They, they forget about the openers, forget about sale. Uh, Bayo's a good piece, but he's not Pedro Martinez. Maybe he, I don't think he'll ever be Pedro Martinez. Uh, you know, maybe there's uh, some arms to be developed, but that's fine. That's down the road. Again, go get yourself some certified seven inning, six, seven inning guys. They're not easy to find, but they're out there in this class. It's a decent pitching class in the, uh, in pre-agency. So I think they'll they will take a dive there, Tim. Uh, you know, I love Peter Gammon's tweet. Oh, and I don't I don't know stop how it. I know I stop. love that. I, I love that because that got me intrigued, of course. And I knew you were gonna jump on me for that. But here's the here's the those of you that don't know, Gammon's tweeted that the Red Sox have a shot at Shohei because he has a new balance relationship with the CEO, Jim Davis, and he's interested in Boston. But then Gammon says it's not a good fit because he Shohei has the DH and the Red Sox have a DH in Masataka Yoshida. Uh, Peter Masataka Yoshida will play the outfield, he's capable of playing left field. If you want to go get Shohei Otani and if that's a possibility, and the Red Sox are committed to that, I don't think Masataka Yoshida will be a detriment. If anything, Masataka Yoshida is probably friendly, I'm guessing, was you know, his, his casual friends with Otani, I'm guessing. Uh it might Oh yeah, they go you. way
0: back. They go way back, those two. I mean it might help they, you in that regard. Who uh, knows? Uh, oh my god. You know, first of all, he doesn't want to be on the East Coast unless the Mets just off from the world. Uh I, I can't see it, but that's typical. Red Sox uh the day after they fire Bloom, you know, they're trying to they throw throw some mud on him from the outside and then they try to beef themselves up with with some just I don't, to- I, totally absurd rumors. I mean, that, that's one for the books.
1: I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with you. It's what, it's the M O. It's not great. It's certainly not great. It's, it's, it, 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 the problem is again, it, 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 we're dealing with a lot of teams that are not proactive. They're reactive, and the Patriots are are one of them now. The Patriots are in that that mess at twenty five and twenty seven. Here I go again in their last fifty two games. There's your record, Patriot fans. That's who you are. So, and I don't want to hear about the moral win against Philadelphia. Listening to sports radio on Monday, it's, it's it's like the Patriots lost by three in the Super Bowl. It's like Philadelphia is a very good team. They played a bad game. You played better than I thought you were going to play, but you still played a pretty piss poor first half. You're down 16 to nothing. People forget that. And I know they, it's a four quarter game, yada, yada, yada. Good. You came back. But you know what? You're still lost, and you're still 25 and 27. You still have so many holes. And w- what was this narrative this week? Are oh, they going to beat Miami? Based on what? You don't have an offensive line. You have zero offensive offensive linemen. One guy that I can count right now that's healthy, and David Andrews. You have four guys that are questionable. Who's my yeah, offensive that, line? Know, saying that they did a good job protecting Mac
0: Jones, but. I watched the Eagles. They hardly touched Kirk Cousins the other night. He sliced them up. and You know, Kirk Cousins. Right. And right. Uh, so, you know, it's it's hard to compare game to game. I, I don't really – I'm not a big fan of that because there's all – every night's different. But, you know, they've yet to prove it. Prove it. And, you know, all of a sudden now, yeah, moral victories at least. You know, the, the, the vision has changed, as we know, with Rodgers being out and buffalo looks like "Mm, i don't know yet i'm sure they'll get their act together uh but you don't know so it could be there for the taking but tonight's the night tonight's the night you've got to win this game you've got to win this game at home if if you're going to hang out with the big boys if you're going to be in the mix with the big boys you've got to win a, a second game of the year coming off a loss at home
1: yeah no and i i i agree with that i i don't think You know, people, the the Buffalo thing to me is a little baffling. I know Josh Allen has not played well based on his last 10 games and Mac Jones has outplayed Josh Allen in the last 10 games. Who's got a better team? That would be your Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's a better defense. Buffalo's got a better offense. Not playing well. Something's wrong. There's a disconnect. They're still better than the Patriots. And you're exactly right about tonight. You win tonight's game, all right. I say, you know what, maybe the Pets will surprise us. Maybe they will win nine this year. Maybe they will win the division. Maybe they will have a shot. Jets, I know the Jets are the Jets now. They're just so the biggest, the most Jets thing of all time. That was just unbelievable with him going down. But it's not exactly, you know, I think the Patriot fans are thinking, oh, we got a real shot. Your team is, is flawed in so many areas. So many. Defense looks good. Probably better than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, they played a good game last week. Let's see what they do this week against Tua and Tyreek and Jalen Waddell and all the the Miami weapons. Still don't know who's covering Tyreek Hill. Big problem there. Jonathan Jones, uh, he's not exactly Mike Haynes, but he does well against Tyreek Hill. I understand that. The statistics are in his favor. He's questionable tonight. Who's covering Tyreek Hill? Marcus Jones? Oh, he's fast. Okay, let's see how he keeps up with Tyreek Hill. You go with double, you, you, you double them over the top. Maybe Christian Gonzalez on Tyree kill, not a good matchup for the rookie. Sorry. So again, checkboxes are in Miami's favor. Maybe Belichick schemes. Maybe Mac Jones has a better game than I think he's going to have tonight. He played okay against Philadelphia. His stats were okay, but he still has a really, his arm is questionable at times. He just doesn't have much on his throws. It's just, i don't know what that is i I think that's his arm is not strong period he's maybe he's just a check down guy
0: well that's that's what he is you know he's not he's not going to change uh obviously i think he's better he's more confident uh but this goes to to the points that we made earlier about their lack of spending at the wide receiver spot that you know that's what a guy like him needs i mean tua Tua, really, if you compare the two, yeah, you can say Tua is a better quarterback. But why? Why is that? I mean, was he coming out of college? I'm not sure. Uh, I was never the biggest fan of his. But you put those two guys on the on the outside with him, now he's a much better quarterback.
1: Much and problem. that's the
0: problem. Yeah, you know, that's the problem. That's the problem. You know, they go get Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's he's not even in the game at the end of the game last week. So it's like, what are you doing? who's making these calls? I mean, that's what you have to do. You've got to go get waddle and hit a waddle or a hill or both. And now you, now you have something, you know, that's Kirk cousins is, he's just okay, but he's got Justin Jefferson, you know, he's got one of the top guys in the, in the league. So that's what you need. You need to, you need to spend some money in that area or, or draft better meter, as you would say, but yes. you know, it's draft. That's much better. The, that, that's the problem. When you have an average quarterback, and you have an av- average wide outs, then you, get, then you just average. That's, and that's what I think they're going to be all year.
1: Zay Flowers, nine catches last week. Baltimore Ravens, nine. L- Lamar's favorite target. I know they lost the game, but Zay Flowers would have been a day one starter for the Patriots. No question about it. Would have led your team in receptions. Would have been exactly the guy they needed to stretch the field. Matt could have thrown an eight yard out to him. He would have taken it 20, 20 yards. That's who Zay Flowers is. That was a major error by Bill Belichick and the Patriots personnel department. I have no idea what they're doing. I think – do you want to talk gun-shy? That's a team that's gun-shy now in in receiving. Juju Smith Schuster versus Jacoby Myers. Uh, We're going to talk about that all year. Jacoby clearly had the edge in week one. Uh, Juju looks like he's he's done. Uh, You give $25 million to that guy, wasted. I know it's not guaranteed. Probably going to have trouble getting on the field, at least tonight. He's their fifth option. Kendrick Bourne looked good. Gusecki, uh, Hunter Henry looked good. Your tight ends are a plus. I'd like them to use Gusecki a little bit more. Uh, Henry looks like he's going to have a good year. Fine. Great. Uh, is that enough? I don't think it is. Miami was a machine in week one. And I know the charges are the charges. And, oh, yeah, Brandon you can't coach. Okay. Still a pretty talented team. Miami shredded them. Absolutely. Now, the defense didn't play well against but that's Justin Herbert. So. Let's let's take it that with a grain of salt. Miami clearly is a, a really good offense right now. Will they are they going to put a four hundred plus yards tonight? I don't know. We'll see if the Patriot defense is as good as we think they are, Tim. And it's going to be a problem though without a guy to cover Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah, I don't know. They're going to have to do their best to scheme this up. And I, I do believe that with uh, the coach, with Coach Belichick, now can take his eyes off the offense because he didn't want that to look like a pop corner offense every week, which it did last, last year that he can just focus on the defense that they'll, you know, they'll be their defense. will keep them in games. Uh, I thought they did a great job last week. Containing and, and not letting the game get wide open. It wasn't for the two turnovers. They outplayed Philadelphia. I thought so we'll see tonight. I, I, think still that their defense is going to they're going to hang their hat on it they got they've got to try to get the running game going though they can't have mac jones throwing the ball over 50 times uh, every game they've got to have a little bit more of a balance and that goes to your point with the offensive line you know how do they figure that out and uh that that part is is still on the table and you know if they can control the pace of the game of their defense and not turn it over and have a running game then they they'll have a
1: chance but that's a lot of ifs that's another bad drafting situation that's another bad you know bad decisions up front cole strange not a good pick can't get on the field this kid mafi uh doesn't look like he can play uh bad personnel call bringing riley reef in uh, calvin anderson uh any number of guys they brought in david andrews was a nice pick fine that was five years ago uh you know you got to do better there's key spots on the field they're just not drafting well they're not developing well uh, you know, I guess Owen okay, but he's hurt now. Uh, you know, they've had a couple hits up front, but they're not, that's not a foundational aspect of the team, especially with a quarterback who's too shaky. Mac is shaky. He's not, he's trying, he's still developing. He got a really bad year last year and that was a product of a lot of things, but you need him to have a, a really productive season to be a good team. And if you don't have an offensive line, and that's gonna hurt your, oh, by the way, gonna hurt your ground game too. Zeke Elliott hang on to the ball. Uh, that was a problem in week one for him. Uh, you know, Stevenson was a no was a non factor. Uh maybe they get him going tonight on some levels. I don't know how that's gonna work. Uh with with your with your offensive line struggling. So again, question marks. similar to the similar to the Red Sox. Question marks. Question marks all over the place. Uh it's that that that's where you're at. Four zero one seven 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 ten thirty seven Joe in Pawtucket. Good morning. What's going on? You're hitting. The, you're batting leadoff. Peter and the coach. Good morning, coach. Good morning, Peter. Um, I just predictions on. I want to your <laughs> predictions on the Patriots game today. It's a winnable game for them. Um, and I thought Boston College played really good against Florida State. Maybe Florida State took Boston College too lately yesterday. And um, what are your thoughts about Providence College um, basketball season going into the season without, uh, the, well, with their new coach? And they have a, a tough schedule. They play UConn and they play Georgetown and then UConn. And I'll uh, hear your thoughts on uh, I on. You know, uh, as you Joe.
0: say, Joe, Joe, Joe's coming in hot on a Sunday. That's, that's how, how he rolls. Of, of, that's how Joe rolls. I like it. I like I like Joe coming in hot, but listen, I, I'm positive about the Patriots. I'm going to give you a positive tonight. I'm, I'm going with the Patriots. I think they're going to win this game by the way we just spoke of by containing, uh, controlling the clock, mixing up with the run game. Uh, Mack with the quick hitters, uh, no turnovers tonight, uh, better, better management meter shaking his head. Uh, what else did Joe want to know? Oh my God. I'm
1: going to call you. I would call you the sunshine and rainbows team. The yeah. sunshine and rainbows. The positive uh, on a sunny Sunday. Which it's, is good. Uh, we like positivity because yeah, God I knows I'm. Really, uh, I was I'm just cast today. About,
0: yeah, although I do like, I'm an old Florida State employee, uh, I but I was pulling for your Eagles yesterday and uh, I gave them a lot of heart. I, you know, and you know. A million times better than me but watching the game yesterday I just like oh they're dead and they came just a really good comeback and it's better than really good excellent you know over the top and I thought the coach did a great job uh, you know they were done in by the refs they were done in by the officials you hate to blame them but it's plain and simple When you have I don't know how many 18 penalties in one game eighteen, 18 I think that's a school, school record if I'm not mistaken uh your your friend and mine dave Pash, kept reminding us of that on the broadcast yesterday and right. uh you know a couple questionable items you know with the extra point going for two could could have kicked it and cut it to seven but you know i thought just that's all sometimes you just figure figure that out on the run, and, and you make sure that your guys are still playing and that's what you want to do and they played played very very hard and, and pc uh I think they're going to be very good this year. I I think, you know, Kim English is a perfect hire. He's a combination of young, enthusiastic, experienced, but he has coached, uh, you know, he's not going to be afraid to coach against the elite in the league. It's not, he's not going to be taken aback by that. This guy played in the NBA. He's worked for Rick Barnes. He's worked for Tad Boyle. He's been at high levels. He was a great player at Missouri. So uh, all, he checks all the boxes, and and they've got talent. They've got talent. You know, he walked into a good group of players that he kept. That's the first job you have to do, and it's very difficult to do in today's day and age of the of the portal. And then he brought in other pieces as well. And from all accounts, for what how they looked in Spain, they're going to be they're going to be right there. They're going to be right there at the top of the league. It's the league is very good. The league is probably as good as it's ever been since they restructure the, the teams in the conference. And uh, so that, they're going to be right there, though. They're going to be right there. It's going to be exciting. And uh, the schedule release came out this year and uh, this week. And uh, I believe they have the thir- first three games at home in the league, which is unprecedented. <laughs> that's never <laughs> happened. And uh, so that's good. That's good that they're working with the building to get those early early dates because usually that's a problem right around christmas time because the 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 building has disney on ice or the building has something going on around the holidays so uh that's a good sign and you know the schedule is going to be the schedule you're going to have parts where it's good home games and then parts where you got to go on the road a bit so but they've got a veteran team i think it's going to they're going to be fun to watch
1: yeah, no, I think it all adds up for them, especially in the early going. All valid points. We've got to take a timeout. Meter and the coach, or should I say Peter and the coach, as uh, Joe and Patucket call me. That's, you know, I've been called worse, Joe. It's okay. It is Meter, though. Meter and the coach. And Joe Passarelli, it's not Timmy Passarelli. It's Joe Passarelli. He's up now.